Welcome to the Bards FM Podcast. This is Scott Kesterson, and tonight you're listening to Declaration of Military Accountability Signatory, Carolyn Stancic. This war is real. Fighting is everything. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Tempt not the righteous man to draw his sword. Conviction, righteousness, ruthlessness. To understand tolerance, you have to understand the line of intolerance. War is the teacher, soldiers are the students. They become the bards of war. Good evening, patriots. And tonight is February 1st in the year 2024. Thursday. And tonight we've got a returning member of the, of the DMA. We, before she came on, before she was a member or signed of the Declaration of Military Accountability, is Carolina Stanzik. This is a young soldier who trusted in her command, who ended up being severely, severely backstamaged. 24 years old when she, she is now, she's been in a process of trying to go through, find ways of recovery and healing after being compelled, would be the right term, to take the two doses of the Moderna shot. She used to be a marathon runner, run half marathons at least once a week, and now she can hardly walk and she's losing her sight. This is a tragic story of what has happened within our military and the damage that this vax continues to do. And it's a very important story for the understanding of what's ahead of us. Our military has been deeply compromised. And it's something that everybody has to start really coming to grips with is how bad the situation is. And soldiers are becoming increasingly compromised because more evidence is showing up that this was literally a genomic weapon system, meaning it is intentionally causing delayed effects depending on your genetic profile. It was targeted. And it was targeted to destroy a nation and targeted to destroy a military. And every single one of our flag officers is complicit in that crime. That means everybody, one star and above, criminally was in involved in delivering this vaccine and mandating it to the soldiers, knowing very well that it was not authorized by the FDA. It was experimental and they mandated it anyway. It was a violation of the law and ultimately it becomes a crime against humanity. This story tonight is moving and this is a courageous young woman who is working very hard to try to put her life, keep her life going. And at the end of the day, as she says, you will hear her say, the only thing that has kept her going is her faith. Patriots, we are in a really horrific time, and there's no question about it that as we start to elevate up the crimes against humanity, we understand that this cabal will do anything it can to protect itself. There are the agents of the cabal, and there are the puppets of the cabal, and they all work the same when they suddenly realize that, honestly, they are going to have to go to jail or face the terminal death of crimes against humanity, and they will do anything to protect themselves because they are that evil or that lost be aware. And so be prepared is the bottom line. Part of that is taking good care of your food resources because food is a weapon system. And since we have psychopathic generals running our nation and our military, don't think that they don't think about doing things like cutting off food supply to starve America so that they can avoid the criminal charges that are coming at them. So be prepared. The, re the reality is that right now, and when we look at the preparedness stats, we can see that Gen Z, which is and many times we think of as the most out of touch is actually more prepared than Gen X. And that shouldn't be. 
Now, right now, if you head on over to My Patriot Supply, well, resate, if you head on over to our website, Bards, preparewithbards.com, preparewithbards.com, you'll find the offering of a My Patriot Supply one-year preparation, food preparation kit. It's fantastic. It's a very rare offer that they do it, and it's on sale, and it's a great value. You're going to get 2,000 calories a day. You're going to get food that's well-sealed and has a shelf life of over of up to 25 years. All of this to ensure that you have food for an entire year. So head on over to preparewithbards.com. You'll find that you can have this entire system for under $2,000. It's fantastic. So again, preparewithbars.com. You're going to find one of the best kits out there, food preparation setups out there, which is by My Patriot Supply, and it's available now for a one-year package. This is rare to have, and it's good to take advantage of it. So take advantage of it today. Patriots, the, the issue of our betrayal of our military is a story that we have to really start coming to grips with, and it's been a difficult one for us to grasp. And this is why we are having this difficulty. We went through a period of time, and in fact, this is a, a discussion I was having in the De- Declaration of Military Accountability Group today. There was a period of time that we went through that we saw no action from the military other than compliance to the rules. And that was from 20, early 2019 through 2020, I'm sorry, late 2019 through 2020, and then into early 2021. We weren't seeing anything other than compliance to the VAX. We knew that that was coming and compliance to mask standards. There was no protest. What we weren't seeing was any sort of courageous leadership in our military that was taking us and showing us the nation of people that were truly understanding the nature of the threat, that this threat was not foreign, but it was domestic. What changed as we started to move into mid-2021 is we started to get rumors of people standing up. And in the process of them standing up, we started to hear of the savageness of our military as it mandated the vax and punished those that refused to take it. Those stories then over the time became more, and eventually it fomented to the beginning of this year on 1 January when the Declaration of Military Accountability was released. What's important about that document isn't just the fact that there's 231 signatories on that, but it's the fact that everybody in there is standing in alignment for the Pentagon and the position of illegal mandates on soldiers to use them as experimental guinea pigs for the benefit of the big pharma's profit. That's the bottom line. And every single general allowed that to happen. That means that on their watch, they didn't look out for the welfare of the soldiers and the security of our nation. They put themselves and the the compliance to an unregulated and unapproved vaccine in, in, in effect for whatever reasons. We can talk all day about that. But the fact of the matter is that they knew very well that this injection was going to, was not approved by the FDA. That's a violation, a violation of the law. Now, the thing I always go back to is that when I look at this and I see that they mandated this, there's a couple of things that jump out. Number one, if you've been following me on Twitter and even here on this podcast back in 2021, you would have heard me literally talking boldly and even in 2020 about what was to come with this injection, that this was a danger, that this was a transhumanist agenda. I will tell you that that is more commonly known than people will ever want to admit Because this technology came from the bowels of the CIA, bowels of DARPA, and the bowels of super projects like the Super Soldier Project. It came from there. These scientists were working on this sort of stuff to put nanotech in people's body. 
That was known in 2012 when Google X Labs was working with DARPA to try to develop blood for the new super soldier project so soldiers' blood could be nano-based and they could remotely heal them from afar. What a wild idea. So this injection, which is completely new technology, supposedly for it is, but it was new for the public, using mRNA, which would recode your and re, recode your immune system so that they can control it, was part of the operational plan that the military was behind. Now, you have to really take that into account for what was going on here and why this becomes such a big deal. Because even if you read the documents of the contracts that were approved for the, in, for the delivery of Operation Warp Speed, it specifies in there the sorts of objectives they were trying to reach. So any general that had any decent staff would have looked at that and understood that this was not normal and that the military was giving its full endorsement to it and mandating it on soldiers. This was, a, this was an experimental product, not approved by the FDA. And yet what they did initially is to get around that, they approved an, another product that was coming from Germany that they could not mass produce. And in so doing, what they did is they did a bait and switch and they put the Pfizer mRNA injection in its place. They then put a mandate through the entire force that people had to take it. Now tonight, you're going to hear from Carolina. And Carolina was a new soldier. She was coming in. She was going into the National Guard. She was entering into counterterrorism. She had gone to school for this. This was part of her dream. Her commander told her that she needed to take it. She should take it now rather than later because if she took it early on, which was one month or two after she had entered into the military, they would give her time off to recover if there was any side effects. But as she was instructed, either way, she was going to have to take it. Again, they were using a heavy level of persuasion, and they were using the trust that a soldier had in their senior commanders that the senior commanders would look out for the welfare of their soldiers. They did not. So as you learn more and more about what war was waged on our military, we have to come to the realization that there was two separate wars waged simultaneously on the American public and on the people of America. We had a war being waged internally by the leadership of our military to destroy our military and its soldiers. And we had a war being waged on the public by our politicians and by our, by our public servants and by our corporate leadership. All of these people were complicit in a crime against humanity to force an injection onto the public and to eradicate a large percentage of the United States, destroy its military, weaken the nation, and destroy its people to allow for an invasion, which we're currently witnessing at the southern border, and eventually a takeover of foreign powers. Let that sink in. Consider the fact that our leadership, and I keep emphasizing this, every single one of our flag officers, which means one star, two star, three star, four star, violated the law and mandated an illegal product to be mandatorily injected into soldiers' arms without any evidence that it was going to do anything other than harm. And they ignored any of the studies and cautions that were being put up, even from the Veterans Administration. This is how evil we are dealing with here. And at the core of this, those people who had given their life, made a choice to put service of nation first in their life, were now being the guinea pigs for an experimentation and, more, more appropriately said, a, a, the beneficiaries of domestic terrorism by our leadership in our military. There is not a military officer of, of flag status, one star or above, that is immune from persecution, prosecution, and immune from court-martial at this point in time. None. Because they were all 
complicit in a crime against humanity, and they are all complicit in terrorism, domestic terrorism, and treason against a nation. That's the magnitude of this crime. And so when you see the 231 signatories, these are courageous people. These are people that have stood up and said, at all costs, we will stand together to bring accountability back to our military. Accountability back in such a profound way that if whatever it takes, it has to be rooted out. That means we begin with flag officers and then you go down in the ranks. And so if you're an 06, if you're an 05, meaning a colonel, like a lieutenant colonel, a major, a captain, if you have been mandating and forcing these injections on soldiers, you will have accountability in a crime against humanity and, a tr and treason against this nation. And that continues down into the NCO Corps. If you are a sergeant major, a master sergeant, a first sergeant, and a platoon sergeant, and you are not looking out for the welfare of your soldiers and criminalizing them for making a choice and saying, I choose not to participate, you are participating and have participated and are guilty in a crime against humanity. This topic, the more we dig into it, the worst recipients of this, the ones that have taken the biggest blow on this, have been our military because they had no way out. They, they are, their contract to serve a nation was turned against them as a weapon and weaponized. And they were weaponized with illegal orders and a command structure that gave them no option other than punishment. So tonight, this is the story of Carolina Stanzik. She is fighting for her life. Her life is no longer what it was. She's trying to even get support to pay for medical bills that the military will not pay. And yet it was the military that mandated the shot. So patriots, with that, I encourage you to listen all the way to the end. This is a very important story, and it's one that I really want you to share. So with that, let me introduce you again, Carolina Stanzik. Well, Patriots, today we have a guest back on that was, has been on here once before. This is Carolina Stancic. She's a member of the Virginia National Guard. She has been damaged by this bioweapon that was mandated by the military. She's also a signer now on the Dec Declaration of Military Accountability, and the 231 signatories that's on there. So it's an honor to have her back on. Carolina, how are you? I'm good, Scott. Thank you so much for having me. How are you? I'm good. Why don't you start with a little bit about yourself to kind of recap everything that's gone on, getting into the military yeah. and the VAX experience? Um, obviously, because, you know, I'm still in thoughts, views, opinions, or all my own experiences are my own. I'm not going to represent the Army or the DOD, um, only speaking for myself. Um so just a little bit of recap, I believe that the last time you and I had spoken, um, I had actually just graduated college, I believe. Uh, I was back in May and potentially had just gotten out of the hospital with the third heart attack. Um, so October, I had a heart attack in 2021. I had received the shot March and April 2021. Um, you know, we were told get it now, have time to recover, get it later, don't have time to recover. You're not guaranteed that. And me not knowing really what that meant, I listened around. I was rather new to the military and I followed my leadership and what they had said. Um, they had recommended for us and whatnot. And I went through and got the shot. I was super new, like literally two months, three months in. Um, after that point, you know, 
I had developed respiratory issues, uh, neuropathy, things like that, and never experienced any of that before. And so when I went to the hospital for the first time in my life in October, and I had been told I had a heart attack, I didn't really know what that was. Um, I was just like, what is going on? And after that point, um, I had another one about four months later, another heart attack with countless other diagnoses that I've received between asthma, neuropathy, um, spine issues, um, multiple cardiac uh, diagnoses, multiple neurological diagnoses. I had a mini stroke in 2022 as well. Um, but yeah, right now I've been hospitalized, I think 17 times for all of this with about seven or seven specialists seeing my case. And it's a battle between, you know, obviously getting the care covered, um, obviously following the protocols, dealing with the mental health aspect of it, uh, working, I guess you could say, and then um, just financially it's taken a huge toll. Before you were in or before you got to this place, I think you said you were pretty athletic, weren't you? Yes, I was. I was playing five sports year-round, or like at least when I grew up, um, that's how many I had played. So I was about two years into college. My friends knew me as the girl who goes to the gym twice a day, runs 10 miles a week, or like runs a 10-miler a week. Um, I talked about that a little bit. But yeah, that was just kind of like part of my training, part of like my regiment, and that's what I wanted to do. Um, I have always been in shape. Um, I've never, ever, ever had an issue. So as far to like even say I've never had a fever until I got the COVID vaccine. Um, it's been quite the learning experience. Just, you know, I'm not a doctor, but I feel like I could be a doctor of my own condition. <laughs> Talked a little bit about where things are in the military for you right now. Right. Um, so we've seen some improvement uh, as of last time, kind of fighting the military on everything. They were just not taking my word for whatever it was, whether like trying to get medical care covered, um, trying to get orders, trying to get help so I could stop working so I can actually live and take care of my health and prioritize that. Um, I am back on active due to... Um, some push and pull, but we did see some progress with that. So I would have to say that's a positive thing to look at. Um, we've gotten a few referrals from my current provider with them um, to switch specialists for cardiology and a couple other specialists that I just wasn't seeing any sort of improvement with or any sort of help. And I'm also getting paid. So right now I'm in a paid status to basically take care of my health and go to these doctor's appointments. However, that's only for the current state I'm in, um, meaning like December, January right now. That's the only time that's really been covered. Last 22 months are not covered, have been unresolved. And obviously that's 22 months of unresolved treatments and setbacks for my health. Talk us through a day of what your life is like now before and after. I mean, like what was it like before and what is it like post Vax. Um, yeah, 
I mean, I would get up at like four or five in the morning, go to the gym, go to classes. I was in interrogation uh, for the whole semester before the vax. And I mean, I was working gym in a relationship, seeing friends, just having like really a good um, outlook on life and was super excited because I wanted to go into counterterrorism and anti-trafficking. And that's what I was working so hard to do. And now, I mean, between just getting routine lab work, like 29 bottles of blood or getting biopsies or going to these appointments and being, I mean, you could basically say traumatized after certain appointments um, and testing that they do. I just get an ultrasound and that was, I would say invasive and I get out and I'm like, I shouldn't even be going through this. Um, I'm in doctors literally every day, at least twice a day. And that's pretty much my life now. Back in September, I fell down a flight of stairs due to a heart condition I have, and I injured my lower back. So I have a spine injury on top of an upper spine injury that happened as a result of this vaccine. Um, I mean, all the symptoms just from the neuropathy to the back pain and everything like that has just been absolutely horrendous, a nightmare, you could say. You have a memory of what your body was before, but now everything you do, you just, you can't get your body to do as it was before. It's terrible. Um, I mean, as, as much as like getting up out of bed in the morning to go to the bathroom, um, I mean, my heart rate shoots to like 150, 160s. I mean, there's times I wake up and I haven't even moved and it's like 180s and it gets to the point where it's like, it's frustrating, it's exhausting, it's traumatizing because every single time something like that happens, I'm reminded of what caused this, you know? And obviously I'm working towards trying to get healthy, but there's mental health setbacks on that. And I would say like, that's been probably one of the hardest parts is what does each physical ailment do to me mentally and emotionally? This is huge. What's the Army doing in providing you support for medical care? Um, my current provider is actually an Air Force um, lieutenant, and they've been great, I would say. They've been super helpful at getting me referrals and listening to me. They are the he, He's the first provider who has actually written and documented everything for what it is and not just writing me off. Um, and so... With that being said, like they've taken my word, they've looked at my documentation and I've requested new providers such as cardiology. And he has written those referrals. Um, I mean, that's been a five, six, seven, eight month ordeal to get that like two weeks ago. But other than that, um, there's not too much I'm allowed to say just for sensitivity purposes, but as far as the medical side and receiving current care, I would say it's getting better than it was. However, we're maybe 25% where we need to be. Well, that's not far along the path, unfortunately. No. <laughs> You're a signer on the, on the Declaration of Military Accountability in the 231. How has that changed yeah. your life? Yeah. I, I mean, I would say I was very conflicted. Um, I signed it because 
through moral, legal, and ethical measures, we are, you know, we're seeking to ensure accountability. If it was anything else, maybe I would be hesitant. But between those measures of legal, moral, and ethics, I owe it to myself and others to right the wrong that's been done. Um, you know, and like some people have asked me, like, aren't you afraid of speaking out? And what if you get in trouble? And I was like, quite frankly, the fear or lack of a spine that I had in the beginning of the situation or like this whole vaccine is what got me to this point. And so, I mean, I complied to the point of almost like basically a death sentence, which that's a strong, you know, phrase, but it's the truth. What else do I have to lose other than, you know, like my life would be my integrity, my character. And then like someone else's life is on the line. If I don't speak up and advocate for someone else, I mean, the risk outweighs the benefits at this point. And so I, I cannot stand to watch or allow someone else to suffer the same way I've done. What do you see as the, the impact of the 231, the DMA 231? Um, I have to say it's like, it's a huge statement. Um, not only is it a huge statement to say that we're going to hold these people accountable and these leaders accountable, but it's a statement to say that, like, we're not going to sit there and be afraid, number one. Number two is just, like, um, if we don't speak up, who will, right? And so someone has to do the work, and if we don't do it, no one else is going to do it. And so through the courage that we've all had to stand up, um, Rob Green, who authored this letter, you know, he wrote it, and he had all of us work on signing it and whatnot. It's a big, big deal to say, you know what, I'm going to put my name, my face, or my, you know, signature on something. I mean, it's got a lot of implications. It could be negative. It could be positive. Um, we're not guaranteed either, you know. So biggest act of courage you could have at this point in day. As far as your current status, though, has that affected any of the relationships, any of the way the case is moving within the military? Um, I would say, yes, it's affected it. Um, it's been a lot of pulling strings, hard conversations, a lot of stress. Time, I mean, time has been, a lot of time has been wasted, and it ultimately will affect my mental health and my health. Um, those are like the two biggest setbacks that any business side of things, any bureaucratic measures that are taken, all of those are just obstacles, you know? And I've been told countless times, oh, you can trust me, you can trust this, we're here for you, you know, we care about you. And I listened to that for two and a half years. And at this point, okay, well, I've been hospitalized 17 times and nothing in the process is getting done until like almost three years in. Wow. Man, I, I don't really, there's, there's things like this that we don't often have words to express the empathy that we feel for you. I know that doesn't help, but this is incredible because you trusted an institution to protect you and to do the right thing as you were trying to serve your nation. And you've been mm -hmm. literally taken off your feet. And now that institution is not racing forward to take accountability, nor is it trying to make sure that you're covered for what for the distance and time you've traveled, which I think you said is 22 months. 
since this began. Is that a fair yeah. assessment? Uh, 22 months since I was unlawfully discharged uh, from active duty status uh, without any line of duty. Um, and if anyone understands what a line of duty is, is saying that your medical condition has been tied to service. Um, I was not provided that. So therefore, every single expense over the last 24 months, well, 22-ish months, right, has been my bill and the bill I have to foot because there's no service connection to it because no one did their job. Whether they didn't do their job because of laziness, they didn't do their job because they're hiding something, or they didn't do their job just because they weren't, like, they didn't know. Who knows? I'm not going to make a, like, accusation on that part. But nonetheless, something didn't get done, and people are suffering. I've suffered, and I've been uh, contacted by, I would say, I would have to say thousands of vaccine-injured people, and a lot of them, I mean, they're, they're all suffering, and a lot of them are having the exact same issues. So the profile then was that once someone became vaccine-injured, you couldn't do your job. They just kicked you out of the military, discharged you, and severed you from your medical benefits. And left you on yeah, your Yeah, I mean, that's what it appears to have done. Um, you know, I mean, oh, you're a medical eval. Well, don't report. Don't worry about it. You're a medical eval. There's nothing you can do. So what do I do? I don't report because that's what they told me to do. And then down the road, I'm like, okay, well, why am I getting bills? Thousands, tens of thousands now, almost a hundred grand at 24 years old. For something that wasn't my fault. Yeah, this is huge. And so, you were you using yeah. the military facilities for that for your care, or did you have to find your own care outside <laughs> the network? When I was in the when I was active duty, I was using their um, their providers and their care. However, when I got out of there, I had to get my own insurance because Tricare was not covering anything. Um, and so I was just like, I got to put these bills. But all the insurance agencies are like, no, they're fighting over it because two federal insurances are like, no, they're the primary. No, they're the secondary. And they're just going back and forth. So I'm like, okay, racking up the bill because I don't know what's going on. Um, and we're trying to get answers. Like we're finally getting answers on diagnoses and treatment methods. But we're not getting answers for anything else. What are they using for some of the treatments on this? Yeah. Um, so I just got lab work back. And so now I'm like hardcore doing spike detox protocol um, alongside of an antihistamine diet and uh, intermittent fasting, which the other side of the treatment would be weekly IV infusion therapies, um, pretty much just like vitamin overload of my body just trying to boost my immune system because i've been sick twice in the last month um an infection with heart conditions highly unsafe so that's actually what resulted in my third heart attack was i ended up with like some respiratory infection and ended up in the hospital there for like days just because um you know, my body just literally cannot handle it, cannot take the stress. So, I mean, between some Western med 
medicine that they're giving me and physical therapy to try to help alleviate the pain. I'm kind of on my own. We're trying that protocol, but I mean, obviously time has to get put into that. And so now we have some numbers to work with. So basically it's just managing the problem. They're not talking about getting you restored is what I'm hearing. It's up to you. Yeah, pretty much. Have you talked to any alternative? So, like minimizing symptoms is all they're doing. Have you encountered anybody that can talk about restoration therapy? Um, some of, I've been uh, reached out, or I've reached out to a couple doctors, or I would say, well, one is in Houston, one was, I think, Alabama, if I'm correct. And then there's a clinic near me, um, about two and a half hours away in Orlando. And they have all been working pretty much the same protocol on me and trying to restore what they can, but my spike protein count is literally through the charts, like off the charts. Um, we got the results. So 0.8 and less of spike protein is normal. And they stopped counting after 2,500 on this specific test. And they said I had over 2,500. So it's a mountain to climb for sure. Absolutely. This yeah. idea of the heart issue, what have you, what have they told you about to your heart? <laughs> okay. So yeah, um, I got told, uh, I gotten told between mitral valve prolapse, um, to regurgitation in two different valves, uh, pericarditis, um, you know, enlargement of like my heart completely. I've, gotten uh, cardiomyopathy, which is a viral infection to the heart. Um, I mean, just countless things like that. But given the fact I also have asthma and now I'm being tested for Guillain-Barre, um, which I think they're a little bit behind on, but we'll see what those results come back with. All of my symptoms are just very much so stacked on top of the other. And it's almost like who even knows where to start, you know? Well, we'd probably start with God. Probably a good one right there. Yeah. I mean, yeah, obviously that. Because, like, if it weren't for God, I would have to say, you know, I mean, I would not be here. I would not be alive or have the opportunities to speak about this stuff. Have you gone to any sort of, had anybody pray on you and for, for healing or anything? I have um, quite a bit. I'm back in church. I go to Bible study weekly. Um, now that I don't have to work on Sundays, I can be back in church routinely. Um, but yeah, I mean, be between prayer, um, I know that we're going to go into that seven-day fast. I'm not sure if you have heard about it, but we wanted to do a seven-day fast in February. Um, I mean... Yeah, there's a lot uh, of prayer and church and faith and, you know, fasting going on. Mm -hmm. No, this is, have you studied into what the mechanisms are that may have caused some of this to you? I wouldn't say I've studied too much. I just know that the biggest issue we're seeing with me at least is more than likely the spike protein. But yeah, 
there's they cannot find anything for pre pre existing conditions that would have contributed to any of this. Well, we don't. I don't think there was anything pre existing anyway. That's just their. I'm just going to be my opinion. No, that's, that's just their channel out to try to to re- release them of liability. Yeah. You've already stated it where you well, were before I mean, and where you are now, correct? Yeah, exactly. And I mean, here's the thing. So they, they go, well, let's just see, you know, maybe it was something that was dormant. Maybe there was a defect in your heart or maybe there was like some pre-existing asthma, which they had made accusations that I had asthma growing up. And I was like, that's physically impossible. They were like, she had cops growing up. I was like, I guarantee you there's no way that's possible. And they were like, well, let's check your heart for like a hole in the heart or like congestive heart failure or whatever it is. And they've run every single test. I, I don't even know like where to start with how many tests they've done to see how far back it goes. And they cannot find a single thing that would say other than this one contributing factor, I was perfectly healthy. Hmm. Unbelievable. Yeah. Talk about the excitement of going into the military. What was your want? What was your desire going in? Yeah. Um, counterterrorism. Um, I mean, that's what my whole degree was in, uh, Homeland security, criminal justice, wanted to go in law and justice field, things like that. Wanted to focus on anti-trafficking on the side, just cause I'm so passionate about it. And I believe, I mean, we, our children are at a high stake. Uh, they're so vulnerable these days. And so that's what I was super passionate about and wanted to get into. And that's that track has slowed down. And I do think that, you know, just because I've become an advocate for other people now in this other way, this may be the mission I have to take on for whoever, who knows how long, you know. Now, it's it's interesting. We, things get thrown in our paths and our life changes radically. I'm going to say this, and you can comment right. on it if you like, but I don't think you ever expected that the terrorists would be within the ranks of the military. Um, well, instilling fear. I mean, terrorism is instilling fear through acts of you know, violence and things like that. So, I mean, valid point. That's... I wouldn't discredit that statement. It's true. I mean, unfortunately, we're dealing with a, an act of terrorism that was executed by, ultimately, by the most senior levels of command. And that level is what's ultimately the yeah. DMA. That's what we're calling for to have accountability on is those acts that literally yeah. um, will, will hold them accountable for the damages that they've done, which you're one of those. Was there... Right. And I, I think, yeah. Go ahead. Sorry. No, no, go, go ahead. ahead. Please. Please. I think that um, it's, you know, like I made a mistake of taking a vaccine, believing that leadership cared about me. And maybe some do, but not everyone does. And to think that your nation's top, you know, like ranking officers and leaders know about something. we I believe beyond a shadow of a doubt that these people knew what they were implementing. They had the information and they went through with it. 
whether it's because they don't want to lose their pay, their rank, whatever it is. But they implemented something and they didn't stand up for what was right. And all it did was trickle down the train. And it's just like, people suffer and they're going to be held responsible. Whether or not they want to accept it, they will be held responsible. You know, I mean, even on Judgment Day, they're going to be held responsible for the acts that they committed. Agreed. But I'd rather not wait till Judgment Day. Because the, the issue right oh, now yeah, is no. for the security of our nation are things like this. So we're able to, yeah. the military is able to take an issue like this, which is damaged soldiers, and, and go about this as if it's no big deal, as if we can brush this under the rug, why right. our recruitment falls, why our force strength is, is diminished. And while they sit up there in their happy house next, dealing with the military industrial complex, thinking that everything's going to be okay, the, those are problems. And at the, end of, at the end of that line of damage is someone like you that is now having to live with the consequences of them making a decision for whatever motivation was given to force that upon soldiers. And as I understand, there wasn't a lot of latitude given to you to be able to, to say no. Is that correct? Right. That would be correct. So... Talk a little bit about that. What was the framing? Were you given an option to say you don't have to take it, or was there a consequence if you didn't? So, given the fact that I was super, to say that I necessarily given, can you hear me? You just say it again. You broke up. Oh, sorry. Um, so I wasn't necessarily told. You know, like you have to get it right now. However, I was told that eventually I was going to have to get it, right? I was told once you're active duty, you're in training, whatever shot, when you get there, you're going to have to get it. And so if you want time to recover and be in the comfort of your own home, get it now. That seems appealing, especially to a new soldier or any new person who's like, yeah, I want to serve my country and like, okay, well, let me be comfortable. Um, I really, I mean, I worked in the hospital at the time and I cannot say that I would have ever, ever, ever received this shot. If they would have told me to, I would just find another job. However, I'd already signed the contract and I thought, and I mean, obviously I was wrong. I thought that I had no other option than to get it either now or get it later, but nonetheless, I had to get it. That makes sense. And that pressure and then the trust that you would have, which you would have trust coming into an institution that would be looking yep. up for you since you're going to be protecting a nation. I have to tell you, right. I, I, I respect the and, fact and that... You would assume that they wouldn't want to or even attempt to damage healthy people. You would assume. Right. You would assume. I mean, come on. We all have to enlist perfectly healthy. I think that's a really valid statement that needs to be underlined and emphasized. You went through a, an examination yeah. of health to get into the military, correct? Right, correct. And that examination of health established that you were fit to the standards that we have to establish positions that would ultimately protect and defend the nation. You were you were fit to that. And you were fit enough to I be was, accepted yeah. into the ranks of the military. 
the only variable in this was the consequences of the shot. How quickly after you took the shot did things start to cascade? 12 hours. Wow. Yeah, I mean, I've never experienced a fever, and I think I've maybe had three in my life since then. So fever, the second shot, like severe fever, um, and maybe two after that. And let me tell you, I mean, the beginning of December of 2023, so like literally a month and a half ago, I had another fever, and it literally felt exactly the same that that shot did. And I did not leave my bed for seven days. I did not eat. I slept seven days straight, and I was like, if I don't get this together, I'm going to be in the hospital. And I thought I got it together, and then I got hospitalized all through the holidays. Wow. Do you have support with your family? Um, it's getting better. Um, it, it was rough for a really long time, and I think I I had a lot of, you know, legal things and insurance things I had to get covered. Um, and so I had to reach out to my mom and family to obviously talk about it because some of it pertained to them. And so I think that's opened up an avenue of understanding and whatever denial was happening or that it appeared to at least be happening. I don't think it's there anymore. And they understand the magnitude of I mean, this. I had up. a tough conversation. Go ahead. No, go ahead. Finish it up. Um, I had a tough conversation with my mom and I was just like, you know, quite frankly, everything I'm going through sucks. I mean, the worst it could get is I got diagnosed with cancer, which I don't believe I will get. I'm not believing that. I'm just like, everything else absolutely sucks health-wise. And I'm, you know, I mean, I'm afraid and I live day to day, just like making ends meet. I told her, I was like, literally as if someone handed me like a broken body and just put that on me. And like, that was it. I went from completely healthy to completely unhealthy and didn't even know who I was looking at in the mirror or, you know, waking up and just being like, this is not who I am. I'm in a completely different body now. And I think it registered to her. She's like, oh, that's what you're dealing with. Hmm. Or that's the severity of it, at least. The magnitude of this PSYOP was huge. And it was enough to literally still hold people in this dis in this delusion that this vax did not have an impact on people's lives that somehow it was they're literally right. believing that somehow this is prior conditions or maybe it was the the flu covid that was like long covid or we call this nonsense we have a i talked to a person this morning it was a it was um friends with a young child 12 years old similar conditions to you you're literally telling her that she's having mental problems this is all stress and anxiety. Oh. Have you heard this? Let me tell you. Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I want to say that specific case. Um, that is one way to set someone off with these vaccine injuries to set us off in a hospital room. A doctor came in on New Year's Eve to me, like 12 in the morning, and is telling me, he goes, first words he ever said to me. He's looked over my case. They've given him, you know, my medical history and everything. He walks in the room. I'm in excruciating pain, cannot walk. My heart is acting up. You know, everything's going on. And 
he says, well, have you ever been referred to psychotherapy or like on anti-anxiety meds? And I about lost it. I literally go, are you a doctor? And he's like, yes. I'm like, well, then act like one and have some like bedside manner, please. Like you're not a psychologist. Wow. All of this is designed by design. They can get you into psychotropics. They can get you into that, that pathway, yeah. which is more drugs to give you. And there's no terminal solution to any of that. And, and what happens when you give people drugs, their GI gets messed up, then their mental health gets messed up, even worse than it would have been to begin with. And then what happens? We have people killing themselves, committing suicide. And they're just wondering like, oh, that's so sad. They had a rough life. No, you kind of wrote that prescription on them. Yes. How's this? It's literally like an unwritten death sentence. What would you say to people that are in denial that this actually was a cause of the vax? I hope, I, I hope and pray that honestly, these people do not have to experience it firsthand. But when you experience it firsthand through a loved one, a friend, or yourself, until that moment, live in denial. But one day that's going to change because it's more and more common. The more you speak to people it's becoming a lot more common unfortunately it is Unfortunately, there was a lot more damage done yeah. to this than there's a definitely a theory right now that the genetic profile of this vax is designed to have different triggers and different timelines for people which delays right. the effect for sure and that's mm -hmm. that's pretty sick at the end of the day um it is you are in the process now of, you've set up a Give, Send, Go. Is that correct? Or a GoFundMe? Yes, it's a Give, Send, Go. And what is that Give, Send, Go? You're trying to raise money for your, your legal fees and your medical expenses? So, yeah, we, so we've been, have we've had it for a little while now. Um, the Give, Send, Go has been up, but obviously as time goes by, the bills come in, the expenses go up. I'm paying out of pocket for a lot of things. Um, I mean, we're about $90,000 in medical debt, I am specifically. Um, that's not being covered by TRICARE or anyone for that matter, given the fact that I was denied that LOD, that line of duty. None of my stuff is service connected currently. Um, basically, it takes the highest leadership to fix and resolve these issues, which obviously we're, we wouldn't have this conversation now if that was an easy thing. So we're pretty much at a standstill. Um, I'm still paying for medical bills. I'm getting sent to collections. And on top of that, I've now, you know, retained an attorney, but that's not cheap by any means. So yeah, those funds will be going to also offset the cost of attorneys. So they screw you up, they kick you out, they sever you from the medical piece. Now they've let you back in the military to put you on active duty while you yeah. go through medical board review, but they're not paying for any previous expenses, which were the cause of the vax. Is that correct? Correct. What is the expected outcome of the medical board review? Well, if these attorneys are 
I, I do believe that they're great. And I mean, this is a unprecedented circumstance. So this is not something that anyone's really had experience with fighting, but you really have to get nitty gritty with it. Um, if, you know, I'm hoping to get a hundred, it's going to take a lot and a lot of appeals because I've been denied for every heart condition, every neurologic, neurological condition, every eye condition. Um, I, I mean, I'm 24 with cataracts now post stroke. So, I mean, I have to appeal literally everything. And I think we made 60 claims. Can you list again, just the medical conditions? I mean, you didn't list that before. What are you dealing with in the list of these medical conditions now as a consequence of this vax? Oh yeah. Let me, um, I, okay. So we have POTS, left ventricular enlargement, mitral valve prolapse. I have regurgitation in two valves, um, Cardiomegaly, which is like enlargement of the whole heart, cardiomyopathy, um, being treated and diagnosed with pericarditis, um, three heart attacks, severe to moderate asthma. And, you know, I have complete blockage of my nasal passages, cervical spine stenosis. I have passed out twice, injured my back due to that, small fiber neuropathy. I'm being tested and treated partially for MS. They're looking into Guillain-Barre. Um, head to toe, I have neuropathy. I've had a mini stroke. Occipital neuralgia, edema, which is swelling of the lower extremities. Um, yeah, basically my legs swell so bad I physically cannot walk, cannot move my legs. Um, it's like my lower half is paralyzed. On top of that, the lower spine injury, I have now had vision from 2020 when I enlisted to 2070, cataracts, double vision, microclotting disorder, and a crap ton of allergies. And that is just the basic list. Wow. And that was one shot. Well, I got two, but yeah. So you got the boosters. Moderna. You got the Moderna, the two part. No, I didn't get the boosters, so whatever the Moderna one and two, and then the boosters, I didn't get the boosters, but the first two doses of Moderna that they require you to get to be vaccinated. Wow. So what's your give, send, go? Um, I believe it is www.givesendgo.com forward slash Carolina with a K. Carolina with a K. Okay, yep. you'll send me that link and then we'll, we'll put it up for people, okay? Okay, I can do that. That would be great. Well, Carolina, this is, your story is tragic and um, we always close with a prayer. So if it's okay, I'll do a prayer for you. Yeah, yes, please. Father God, I just want to bring before you today, Carolina, and just, we're going to pray here for two things today. One, we're going to pray for healing, miracle healing by your hand. Father, we just pray Holy Spirit into her and pray that there's a massive shift within her body, that, that, that the pollutants that have been put into her body to try to destroy this body temple are purged from her, neutralized from her. We, we pray for just, we breathe life into her heart, breathe restoration into her body, we place a hedge of protection around her in the blood of Jesus. It goes infinitely up and infinitely down. 
to keep her in protection of kingdom. And as we breathe life into her and restoration to her body, we lift our hands in prayer and we declare these things in Christ Jesus' name by the blood of the cross. And Father, we equally pray for justice in this matter, that all those involved in this injection, that is this bioweapon that has caused so much damage and harm, those that from the top to the bottom, those that were involved in distributing this and pushing this and promoting this, be held to accountability and be held to justice by your hand. Father, this is a time right now that more than ever our country needs to see a restoration for those that have done this evil to truly be held accountable for the damage that they've done and the innocence lives that they have damaged. So we pray for justice and we pray for accountability in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. And we also pray for your health, Carolina, just overall your body, your health, your life, just to understand that I know this is a difficult time, but uh, you can reach out to us anytime for prayer because we have a really good prayer group that meets, we assemble every Sunday morning and we're happy to pray for you anytime. That'd be awesome. Thank you. You're welcome. Well, I wish you the best. Very honored to be on that document with you. And I commend you for the courage just to sign your name on that in this time. Thank you. You as well. I know it's obviously no easy task, but, you know, we will see justice. Um, you know. Yes, we will. And we will. Yeah. That we can be assured of. We're not going to let this fall. One person told me no, a while back, not at all. back in 2021, person told me she was Jewish and she came to me and said, you do realize you're now part of the new era of Nazi hunters. And I said, yes, I know. Cause these are the people they are, they're equal to that and what they've done. This is Mangala type stuff. It's atrocious. Mm-hmm. All right, Carolina. It's a tough battle, but we'll get there. Well, commend, I just commend you for your strength and your continued courage. Keep strong in Jesus and walk, walk in the Lord and we'll keep praying for you. I will. Thank, Thank you. you so much. You're welcome. You have a very blessed day. You as well. Patriots, that was Carolina Stenzik. Wow. <clears throat> Excuse me. That's an emotional interview. That is one woman of a lot of strength and, and in, her, in herself. What she has been through and how she's damaged, she is still holding the line and fighting every single day with pain beyond measure and a, a courage that, she, would, she is truly the heart of what great soldiers we have in this nation. And they tried to kill her and ruin her. You can never, ever forget what every one of our generals was part of. You can never forget this. And you have to advocate for the bringing to justice of every single person that was part of this vax. I don't care whether it's a four-star general or whether it's a kindergarten teacher. Every person that pushed this injection on people has to be held accountable. End of story. This is an atrocious crime against humanity. And perhaps some were delusioned and weak. It doesn't matter if a sense of accountability, crimes will be judged appropriately, but accountability is still accountability. This young lady had a dream of being in our military, of serving our nation. She went to school to get a, to get a teaching in counterterrorism and then took a position in the National Guard through the National Guard to be able to go in and to go through training and to be part of a counterterrorism group. It was her dream. 
And through that, these people engineered this thing. Don't kid yourself. They knew what this was going to do. I mean, I could read the documents of the contract that was issued. They were open source. You could grab the contracts that were issued by contracting command. You could read them and see what they were going to do. There was no question this was some crazy new idea that was not approved. And it was some, and if you knew anything about what was going on in the bowels of the military and in the super soldier project, you knew immediately where this was coming from. I, I have, there is nothing I can say that would relieve or alleviate the criminality of our officer class, especially from general officer up. All the general officers, the flag officers. I just, there's just nothing, the words there that can alleviate their crime. Nobody stood up for the soldier. Sergeant majors, who are supposed to be the, the advocates and protectors of the soldier, fell on their face and did nothing. General officers went along with this like it was no big deal. And what you will find out is most of them were excluded from taking it. And the more we dig into this, you're going to discover that not only were some of them excluded, many of them just took a placebo, knowing it was a placebo. There, there's nothing good here. And this is the military that's supposed to be protecting our nation. What they are is they're hand puppets of the military-industrial complex, hand puppets of lobbyists from Big Pharma, hand puppets of some buy-off contract. Or they're all, and probably many of them, are compromised with some sort of sex act that somebody's got on tape. Because to be a general officer, you have to do general officer things to get the rank. They don't just choose the best. They choose people that will be part of their program. The Council of Foreign Relations is in New York. It is a rotational tour for people needing to go to a general officer class. That is run by the Rockefellers. It is a deep state center of training that they do their selection there for who will accelerate up into the general officer class. These people have become literally criminals and terrorists within the ranks of our military. And so when we talk about legal and ethical, yes, legal and ethical, through courts martial, things will be discovered, the truth will be found, and the crimes will be judged by the rules of courts martial. And if you're found to be a traitor to this nation and have conducted crimes against humanity, there is only one outcome, and it's not breaking rocks. It's swinging from a rope. This infuriates me. And it breaks my heart. This is, this is the war that was waged. And I, I'm not taking away from anybody in the United States that has had this suffering. But we're able to zero in on an optic where these people really were boxed in and had no choice. And that's, they used their power of authority. They used their influence of authority. And all their persuasion tactics of once somebody's inside a system, that cult took over, that cult of leadership that was hell-bent on getting them to inject themselves was something that was experimental and that what it has cost in our soldiers' lives is unbelievable. This is one example of thousands. And that's within the ranks of our military. If there's ever a time for people to stand up and be heard, it is now. Patriots, I'm going to ask that you'll join me in one more prayer for Carolina Stanzig. And this is a prayer for healing. And this is truly where we have to lean in to the authorities given to us as sovereigns of this earth, as children of the Most High, to literally speak into Father and say, Father, we need a miracle. So please join me. Father God, we need a miracle tonight. We need a miracle to come to this, this young lady, a child of you, a child of this world who has came in and trusted 
in, a, in her leadership to protect her as she was making a choice to protect and serve a nation. Father, we need a miracle of healing. And whatever the motivation this, that led people to do this, this is criminal of what they did to her. She's damaged and her temple is damaged. And so, Father, we know with the glory and power that you bring and through the authorities given to us by Jesus, through his sacrifice on the cross, truly the blood of Christ, we know miracles can be healed for we have been given that authority in the name of Christ. We have authority over the snakes and the scorpions and over all the enemy. And we can do greater works than Jesus himself by his own words. So Jesus, we call upon you right now to please put your hands upon Carolina. And we pray with you and pray alongside of you. And we place our hands up and we say, Father, we declare healing over Carolina. Total, miraculous, full body healing from head to toe to toe to head. We rebuke any of the demonic influences that are around her. We cast out any death curses that are spell casts of death that are being spoken to her. And we breathe life into her heart. We breathe life into her body. We breathe restoration into her whole body temple. And Father, we, we're asking this before the throne as we bring Carolina to you. And we say, Father, we're asking you with our hearts, humbled before you, heal this young lady. Father, heal this young lady. Hear our weeping hearts. Hear the pain that this brings us. And if we can do it for one, we can do it for many. But Father, we need one, one right now, a miracle healing beyond miracles. And her body is restored completely. This is all she wants. She's not even seeking extra compensation. She's simply seeking a way to have recovery for her finances so that she can return to life as normal. And she's still fighting for the advocacy of others, Father. This is a beautiful heart in Christ. So, Father, we just pray right now as we lift our hands in prayer. And, Jesus, you, we're with you as you ask you to be with us in this moment. We pray healing upon her. And, Holy Spirit, we pray that you'll flow through her like a lightning bolt to flush out all that demonic stuff that's within her. Reset her DNA. Cleanse her body and her blood. Restore her to the mightiness of who she is. And we see these things truly happening in the Spirit. So, Father, what happens to the Spirit happens in the flesh. And we pray this miracle upon her in Christ Jesus' name. Amen. We'll get her Gibson go up underneath this podcast. Please support her where you can. And please keep these stories flowing. This is one of 231 members on the DMA. Each one is different. Each one has a different case. Each one is fighting for the same cause, to bring accountability to our military leadership who betrayed a nation, betrayed their soldiers, and left us vulnerable to be invaded and destroyed by foreign enemies. Our greatest enemy we never imagined would be the leadership in our military. Never did we imagine that. And here we are. So patriots, keep your prayers up as well to literally bring justice to those that have betrayed this nation. Bring justice to those that thought producing a crime against humanity was somehow a good idea. And the worst part is that there's people out here that are enjoying this. They're enjoying seeing these people suffer. I don't know if they have like a slow rotisserie in hell, but I'll tell you what, I would strap every one of them on it. And I've told you before, I'm, and I'm really not kidding. I would literally in heaven, I would be raising my hand and say, Father, give me the door duty for the elevator to hell because I'll kick every one of them in the tail and throw them down there with a little sip of water to say goodbye, good riddance, you worked hard to get here. Man, 
We need to have a righteous anger in this moment. And this is the anger towards evil and the complicity of men and women that were part of the destruction of our military and this nation. Politicians, CEOs, corporate leadership, banksters, Wall Street people, all trying to make money and profit off the backs of injured and dead people. This is, there is, there is no place in the society for people like this. Yes, we can, they can seek Jesus before they go straight to the judgment moment. And I'll help them seek Jesus, but they're still going to be held accountable for their crimes. Get the fire in your belly on this one. And just to think, I mean, we have fighter pilots, we have soldiers, we have tier one operators, we have people of every category in our military. And then we have this whole civilian population, which is like 70% of the population took this injection. And we're seeing these delayed effects, but it just so happens that most of those are dying. Nobody's paying any attention to because they're all being called something else. Our wisdom class is dying off and it's like, oh, well, he's 70 years old. Oh, he's 80 years old. No big deal. He's just dying. He's just kicking the bucket. This is the distortion of our society. I swear this, I swear this injection has done something to people's brains. And they just turn them into like zombie drones. We don't have to worry about it. World War Z. It's already here. The only difference is they're not gnashing and eating your cat when it goes outside. But don't worry. Apparently, according to Todd Callender, just a couple of pulses by 5G, and they'll get they'll start chewing on things like your tire or eating your dog. So be aware. When you start seeing that, we got a problem. Another level. This is insane. For all of you out there that listen that took the injection. I'm going to speak this honestly from my heart. Get on your knees. If you weren't compelled to take it by a command and you did it on your own free will, get on your knees and start repenting. Because you are part of a problem that was perpetuated by so many of you that took this thing willfully. And I'm not talking about Carolina. She was compelled. It's like the people in the military were compelled. And there were other people that were compelled. I get it. But there's a whole mass of people in this nation that willfully took that injection. In spite of us screaming from the top of our lungs, you called us conspiracy theorists, you called us crazy, and you gave power to this beast to take root in our nation and cause the damage it has. So get on your knees and start repenting to God for your sin. Because you sinned against this nation, you sinned against God, and you chose a needle in salvation rather than your salvation in Christ. God help your soul. Patriots, I'm sorry. This gets me totally fired up. The damage to people is unprecedented. The damage to our youth, the war that's being waged in our nation. And it's just we have people walking around here like it's a big, sunny, happy day waiting for the next Ferris wheel to jump on and to celebrate we're going back to normal. We're not. We're in a war. Let us always pray. Let's close with prayer so we seal this out. Father God, hear our hearts, our hearts of a righteous anger that lifts up tonight and asking for a judgment to be placed upon this nation, a great shaking. We ask for those that still have a heart for Jesus to find the will to get on their knees and to pray for repentance if they've done such a thing as to take a vax. And for every pastor that stood at the pulpit and encourages people to take the vax, may he be forced to have a confrontation with Jesus and forced on his knees begging for repentance before the courts of heaven. For every military leader, every politician that deceitfully went along with this, May they be put before the courts of heaven and judged. And for the people that have been victimized by this because others that they expected to lead them violated their trust, 
May we have empathy on them. May we see miracle healing, Father. May we see them restored. May we see the hearts lifted. And for the families that have lost family members because of this vax, we pray for their hearts of loss, a healing in their hearts that only, only Jesus you can heal. So, Father, bless us that, that sit here and the, bless those that are walking with this burden, the loss, the pain, lift them up. Let our prayers be heard, Father. Truly, we speak these things from a compassionate heart for, the, for those that have been victimized and with a righteous anger for those that executed this crime. Have mercy on this nation, Father, but it is time for judgment. Judgment is here. And let us be gifted with the blessings of heaven that we may walk in the authorities of Jesus to be able to heal the sick and the broken and to raise the dead and to literally cast out demons to restore people to the fullness and glory of heaven as it was intended. Father, thank you. And we put ourselves humbly for and before the throne as we place ourselves here with, with no further words. Other than please hear our prayers. In Christ Jesus' name we declare, amen. Patriots, keep your head up and your eyes forward. Never bow to evil. Never relent. Always press into the fight. God is with us. He'll never forsake us. And in the end, God always wins. But we are here in this time and this place for just such a time as this. We are at war. So walk boldly and fearlessly with Christ. Occupy the land. Expand the kingdom. Subdue the enemy. Mission forward. Patriots, I'll see you tomorrow morning for Bended Knee. Until then or until the next time. God bless. Good night. Thank you. And out for now. Oh, I want to feel something. I just want to breathe again. Dive into the deepest end. Oh, I want to feel something. Get back in my body
play.